Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this week's message on the Antioch Indie Podcast. We hope you can step away from this message being encouraged and blessed and to move into your week in the mighty name of Jesus. Have a great day. All right, should we keep going with church? All right, say bye to the kiddos and their team. So fun when they, when they get loud and dance during worship and all that sort of good stuff. Well, I'm going to uh, call my dad up here this morning because we're doing a tag team this message. So come on up, Stephen C. Zanako. Give him a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, forgot my stuff. Which side do you want? Oh, yeah. We need... <sighs> Sam, you were supposed to build the stage out bigger this week, so it would... <laughs> Just kidding. Kidding. We uh, have been doing a series called We're In This Together. So uh, pull out something to take notes with this morning. We're a note-taking church. We've been doing a series called We're In This Together, and uh, we've been kind of building it off of this thought that Jesus gave his followers when he said, uh, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. It's something that sounds so simple and something we can breeze over in church and say, that's good, but where's the meat of this thing? Love one another, got it. But then you start looking around and look in your own life, even in your own relationships and think, that's actually really hard. To love one another. And, and relationships are such a core of who we are as humans. We're, we're built to be in relationship with God. We're built to be in relationship with other people. But the Bible tells us that we have sin that comes into our life and fractures our relationship with God. Fractures our relationship with other people. But Jesus came to restore that relationship. And this experience of difficulty in relationships and even brokenness in relationships is such a common core to the human experience that Jesus could look at us, his people, and say, if you can just love one another, people are going to look at you and know these people have been with God. What we've been saying is the way that you and me do we has a lot more to say about him than we might think. Because it's hard. And uh, there's more than one person in this room, which means we all know what we're talking about. Yeah. Like we said last week, a recent study showed 100% of relationships involve more than one person, which means they're all a little funky. Amen, anybody? <laughs> so uh, we have been talking about a few different life stages and relationships that we experience and different things we go through. Last week, we, did, we didn't talk about a relationship in specific. We just talked about offense and how that can mess with our relationships. Wasn't that super comfortable for everybody? And you all walked away saying, that has nothing to do with me. Uh, this week, uh, we wanted to do a message on parenting, and amen. It's my wife's birthday, by the way, Heather. So party at Porta Perry Perry after church, you're all invited. She's amazing, and I love her, and she's a great mom. So uh, parenting. So we wanted to do a message on parenting, and just like talking about any sort of relationships, that's terrifying, <laughs> because uh, first of all, it's touchy right? Like, what are you going to tell me what to do? You know, there's all kinds of complications to it. So uh, my dad and I've been working on it. So I dragged him into it basically. I was like, I'm not going up there alone. <laughs> We're doing this together. So basically my dad and I've been just having a lot of different conversations over the last couple of weeks about like, how do you talk about parenting and what does the Bible have to say about parenting? And that's hard because the Bible says a lot about parenting and there's not like a chapter in the Bible that outlines, hey, FYI, this is how you parent your kids. You see what I'm saying? It's just, it's like complicated, which is good because that just means it's all an invitation. Like we always say around here, the system is rigged. You can't just read the formula and then go do it. You have to walk with Jesus right. <laughs> if you're actually going to do this whole thing with him, which is so cool. So 
it's complicated. There's a lot of questions. I reached out to a handful of, uh, of parents in our church this week and said, hey, you know, what are some questions that you have about parenting? And I ended up in about 30 minutes with 17 different questions that all had sub-questions. And I thought, yeah, that's an easy outline for a sermon right there. My point is, my dad and I just thought, what if we just kind of bring everybody into some of the conversation we've been having over the last two weeks? And this isn't going to be like the, the chapter and verse, four points to how you perfectly parent. But we are going to title this conversation, and you can write this in your notes, part four of our series, How Do I Be a Good Parent? Because I think we're all wondering that. <laughs> Even if you don't have kids, uh, you have parents. And so how do, I, how, how do I do that well with my parents? Maybe you want to be a parent someday. And so if you're not asking these questions yet, take some notes now because you'll pull them out later. Amen, anybody? <laughs> I used to judge people for their parenting until I had kids, right? <laughs> So this is touchy, so we figured I'll drag my dad into it, we'll have a conversation about it. And really, we just, we want to talk about, you know, my dad is uh, older than me, <laughs> and he is farther down the parenting journey from me, but also farther down the parenting journey than a lot of people in this church, not everybody, but a lot of us. And so I think that there's just some great perspective, and um, this isn't just an interview, Steve, on his parenting thoughts. Uh, there is some of that, because he's got some good thoughts, but you know, it, it's helpful to sit down with somebody who's got 30 plus years of experience, not just trying really hard, but like trying to take and say, okay, God, how do we apply this to this? So that's what this conversation is all about. Um, I have a three and a five-year-old, so I'm still a rookie in all of this, but I'm learning some things too. But really, we want to have a conversation. I hope you can take something from it. Amen? So, Dad, you're going to start us off. Okay. We're going to start you with a softball question. Um, what does the Bible say about how I be a good parent? Yeah, there's a nice softball. Yeah. Yeah, this big around, right? Um, I think when we look at that, like one of the things that I did dive into and I did find is I couldn't find chapter and verse exactly of where that is and yet I wanted to know so this journey that we're talking about is exactly like Andrew said it's just my intersection between parenting and my journey with the scriptures and grabbing big ideas that I think that I hope will be helpful I hope that makes sense so first big idea is and it's not going to be it is a game changer but I'm not sure it sounds like it is that we don't know chapter and verse but we know this the whole story of God is pushing us towards a relationship with God. Yes. Whether we're parents or kids, everything about this is about us pushing into relationship with God, right? Yeah. And so we can take a big idea and say, that was actually a game changer for me because I, I kind of started the parenting journey feeling like, okay, my job is to take my children and my bike's gonna pull away, connect them with God. And I realized, no, it's really about pulling those hands together and helping the two of them join hands. And so that really was a game changer for me because I was carrying a lot of pressure of feeling like I need to teach them everything about God. I need to act like God all the time. Yeah. I need to be perfect and all yes. of that. Impossible. But when the picture changes, and we see this through the scriptures in many different characters, where you look at Elijah and Elisha, who actually weren't father and son, but they called each other father and son, and Elisha looks at Elijah and says, what I really want is you got this incredible relationship with God. I want twice that. And we see Moses when he's leading the people out, and he says, what do I need the most? God, I need your presence to go with me. 
We even see Jesus in the morning seeking God's presence to reconnect with the Father. So overall, big idea, what makes us a good parent is our goal is to connect the hands of our children and God. And that's a big idea that we'll see how it kind of works into some of the practicals. So the outworking of that means that my job as a parent is not to control them. And <laughs> big lesson, um, at least for me, that was a journey. Yeah. Um, because you love your kids and you want everything to turn out right. And so, especially in this early stage, pretty much everything is in this circle that you can reach and you're trying to control and you want to because you just have this awesome desire for your kids. Lesson learned is that you, you can't. Um, I learned that the hard way. So I think I shared. The, well, hold on. So yeah, let's, yeah, let's, before we move on, this yeah. is like big thought. Okay. <laughs> we, we kind of glazed past that. So we're going to take a second here. Yeah. So where you started was, this is so helpful with parenting, is we got to zoom all the way out to like really kind of our worldview for yep. a second yep. and realize that everything in, in this book isn't necessarily about parenting. Right. But it has everything to do with parenting. Right. Because of the whole lens of everything we're looking through life is that humans are created to be in relationship with God. So right. that means that parenting is helping along those lines. So we had this big, yeah, yeah, yeah. huge, pulling out the marker. Okay, so we're going to give you like, I don't even know how to write this great, but here we go. I'm going to put this. As a parent, you can write this in your journal. If what the Bible does say, I can't give you chapter and verse for it, but what the Bible is saying about parenting is that my job as a parent is not to control my kids. Threw in some random lowercase over here. It is to connect them to God. Okay, so before you say, wow, what a typical church thing to say, what do I actually do about parenting? Let's talk about that for a second. So question, like what you were about to kind of get into is this lesson is really hard because I think as a parent and as parents, I know for me with little kids, so many of my fears, so many of my insecurities, so many of my questions come from feeling like I need to control everything. And like control outcomes, control decisions, control choices and scenarios and situations. It's why I no, you can never go to school because I can't control what people say to you in school. Can we be honest, right? It's like, no, you can't go do that because then I'm out of control. And, and I'll, I'll drill down on that. I don't know about you, but I know what my problem was. I didn't have enough confidence in God that he was going to take care of everything. I mean, I can't come up with any other explanation for the fact that I'm holding them so close, except that when I let them go, they're out of my control, and that's not good. So the, the, the war that has to be fought is this war, and some of you have started to be through this, but I found out it's not God looking at us and saying, hey, those are my kids. You should give them back to me. It's God with a loving father's heart saying, hey, I know you love them and you want to make everything okay, but you can't. And I can. See the difference? I'm thinking I'm holding them back because I got to do this because I'm, I'm just being honest. I don't know if I release them to God, what's going to happen? I know if I keep them here. So then you all of a sudden run into it's not that you shouldn't, it's that you can't. So that Which I think it's so that. good because yeah. this isn't a philosophy, parenting philosophy right. thing of, oh, hey, this you, is should, just the truth. you shouldn't control your parent, your, your kids. 
It's not a philosophy, it's a reality. It's just a truth. So uh, an illustration of this, a hard thing that was a big turn for me in my parenting is that I shared with you, I went to Russia right when the wall came down and how scary that was because there was no contact with my family. I was gone for four weeks. I had no idea what was going on at home. And that was one thing to go when I didn't know what I was going into. The next year I was supposed to lead a team back and now I did know what I was going into. Way harder to go back the second time. Because now I know what it's like. A bunch of stuff happened with my kids while I was gone on the first trip. I'm in the, uh, Chicago on a business trip. I am journaling. I am praying. I'm supposed to lead a team back. And I write in my journal, I can't. I'm not going back. I start driving home from Chicago. And the whole thing that was keeping me is, I got to take care of my kids. Can't do this. Maybe later. I got to take care of my kids. I'm driving back. I hit Lafayette. Call home. Uh, my neighbor picks up. Her name was Holly. My neighbor picks up the phone. I'm like, Holly, what are you doing there? She says, Steve, I don't know what happened. There's blood everywhere. And Linda's taking Andrew to the hospital. I'm like, do you know any more? No, I don't know any more than that. I'm just here. I got called over to do this. So obviously I'm in Lafayette. I'm 75 miles away. I step on the gas. I start driving back to Indianapolis as fast as I can. I'm gone 75 minutes from that point. Let's say something like that. By the time I get home, I walk into Andrew's bedroom. He has been to the hospital. He has been stitched up and he's back in bed sleeping. And I had nothing to do with it. And I sat there and it was a little bit of a struggle because I got down on my knees and I was like, Lord, if I was five minutes away, I couldn't have stopped this. If I'm standing next to him, I can't protect him. I'm going. Big transition to be able to say, it's a hard thing. You want to you wanna be a hero and you want to, and I just want to say, sometimes it's not an easy thing as a parent, mom or dad, to let go of that hero status. Um, I was telling Andrew, you know, I had his son the other night and he got me up at 5 a.m. and said, can you tell me some stories? Better you than me. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me some stories? I said, well, what do you want to do? He goes, I want to hear a, su a superhero story. I said, well, who's a superhero? He goes, well, my, my dad is, but he doesn't have a cape. And I'm like... I'm clearly doing this all right. Okay, so... So, I just want to say to moms, moms and dads, I want to acknowledge to let go of that status is a little scary because you feel like once I let go of that, then what am I? And I just want to cast a vision for you. You're letting go of that into something even more beautiful. If you trust it, it's a hard one. I didn't know that, so I was holding on to it a little too hard. What I didn't know is that I would always have a critical part in their life. Always. That will never change. And there was something greater ahead when I let go. I hope that makes sense. Well, so, yeah. So something that you said that I thought was so helpful is that that, so you talk, you, you, we've been talking over the last couple of weeks and you talked about the tension and the fear of getting out of the middle right. of like being the connection yeah. and the perfect and the, all of that sort of thing. And you were talking about how when you were, the, the process, because it happens no matter what of like you kind of becoming out of the middle, yes. <laughs> you know, and connecting them to God, it feels like you're disappearing. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm a meaningless part of the picture now. Yeah. And those are like the emotions you kind of start to feel. It's like, do I even matter? Right. Like, I'm still dad and you know, all these sort of things. But what the language that you said that I thought was helpful was we, we never are giving up the opportunity to influence our kids, right. but we do need to let go of the need to control, right? No control, huge impact. 
And those are two different things. I guarantee you, parents, you will have huge impact on your kids. But the truth is, and some of us, our families have found this out, we can't keep them safe in the areas that are most important. That's a hard truth, but it's God's truth. Like we said, that's not a philosophy that Christians carry. That's just the truth. And so we, we parent into that, and God's heart is, I'm going to try and release you from it. And what it does is it begins to release some of the pressure. I just want to tell a couple of the things of just saying. So in the previous thing, whenever my kids ask me a question, and this is something I wish I would have come to earlier, is that I felt like I had to have the answers. Like, what does God think about this? Well, I better have this be able to tie up into a nice bow so that they walk away going, oh, so that's how God works. I found out later on, one of the greatest gifts I ever gave my kids was when I finally looked at them and said, I don't know, but I know you'll find it as you move towards them. So you portray this confidence in God, but I didn't have the answers for God. And I read this story recently about a mother and a daughter, and she said the greatest gift my dad, who happened to be a theologian, and she was going through some questioning stages, and she walked up and asked him a question, and he said, I don't know. And she walked out in tears, and she said, the greatest gift my dad ever gave me was the day he said, I don't know. And I thought, there's a lot of freedom and peace in not being in control. There's rest there. Does that make sense? Yeah, so that, that's really good. So that's kind of, what we've got here is kind of a big philosophy sort of yeah. type of type of thing. But let's talk about another big thing that's hard is that like stages of parenting change. Yeah. So when we get into how do you parent, that's hard because every kid is different and then the stages change along the way. And I mean, I think at having a three to five year old, it already feels like the second you start to get a grasp on something, something changes. Yeah. And so show them this awesome picture we came up yeah, with. Yeah, this is an awesome picture. This is gonna blow your mind. We don't know if it's awesome or not, but it worked for us anyway is that he's the artist said, so he can draw yeah, it. yeah really um we just came up with this diagram of saying that there are indeed and it's really good to know oh that says kids if you can't read it there are indeed three stages of parenting it says kids inside the p which is very artistic. which is really thoughtful huh you really want to write there this is when your kid starts to move into disciple and underneath the parent, but not as, get that? Hey, we worked hard on this. <laughs> and then there is actually, which is a way greater gift for another message, um, that you all of a sudden get to walk side by side. And I gotta tell you, nobody told me, and I get another message I could get off, and nobody told me how great this could be. And that's part of the letting go because you're letting them go in to all of this and the journey along the way. So I hope that. That's great. Okay. So how do you like answer, the diagram? Yeah. So to, so to kind of answer the, the question a little bit, how do I be a good parent that we're all asking? We're, there's not like read this verse and that's how you be a good parent. What we would like to submit to you is that what the Bible says about being a good parent is being a good parent is learning how do you apply this in these different stages. Exactly. And nobody else can tell you how to do that. That's why God gave you your kids. So we're not going to stand up here and tell you all the exact things you should do when. And, and like, well, this stage changes at four years and three months. And then you know. Right. You know what I'm saying? 
So like, there's a lot of fog in all of this, and that's why it feels foggy sometimes. But the joy of walking with God is he's saying, okay, being a good parent is learning. How do I help my kids connect with God in these different stages? Exactly. So this is like where I'm at. You know, the three to five-year-olds. It's like they don't really exist outside of your circle. And it's like, I'm not talking about like me and Smith are spending all this time waiting on God together. Right. He's three. Right. Lest you assume. You, so like, is it, I hope that's something helpful, some sort of handrails. I can't tell you exactly what to do, but hopefully here's some handrails. If you want to be a good parent, let's learn how do we help connect yeah. our kids to God Very in the various good. stages that they go through because they do change and that's okay. So when it feels like everything's changing, it doesn't make you wrong. It just means things are changing. Right. You didn't miss it. Exactly. You're doing great. Okay, we're going to move on to something a little bit more practical. We could stay on that for a little while, but let's talk about what everybody really wants to talk about, which is what does all of this have to do with how I discipline my kids? <laughs> so the real question that everybody wanted to ask is some version of, let's be real, what does the Bible say, spanking or time out? Yes. <laughs> Clearly, yes. Um, but again, this is where the, the picture really gives us some guideposts because I can tell you when you look at my four children, the answer to that question couldn't have been more different. Him? Yes. <laughs> and a lot. Um, I can tell you honestly that my daughter Lauren actually got upset when I was spanking Andrew. Very different spirit. And so I can tell you to say, to spank Lauren would have been parenting malpractice. I'm telling you, because it would have been blowing by all the signals and all that God was showing. Here's who she is. Here's her sensitive heart. So again, would spanking Lauren have anything to do with connecting her hands with God? Heck no. Now, Andrew, okay. And what, what I want to say is just a little bit of practical of saying, yeah. how do you know the difference? Yes, exactly. Okay. So Andrew... I would come home, he knew what was going on, he knew what he'd done, he'd say, let's do this, and then can we go play baseball? Okay, so there's, there's no wound that happened with Andrew after I spank him, there's no spirit wound, I'm not wounding his spirit, I'm not wounding any image of God. Lauren, on the other hand, saw this thing entirely differently and entirely differently, and I had, we had to adjust as parents to be able to do that. That's so good. Something that you just said is like this, this concept of shepherding their spirit. And I think that that's really encouraging and releasing because yeah. we all feel and understand that our, our kids are different than each other, let alone somebody else's kids whose parents gave us advice for how to discipline the kids they had that are different than my kids who are different from each other. And can I tell you, <laughs> I, I just want to tell you something in this. You'll know it as parents. There are different tiers. And, and you'll know it when you cross yeah, the line. So it's a really sad thing when you look up and say, so for instance, one time Andrew was in my garage and I was trying to build him up and I think you're seven or eight years old. I've spent all this time building up. We had this great relationship and I asked him to sweep out the garage. And he swept the garage except for this giant shoe rack that I had in place and he didn't move any of the shoes, just swept all the way around the shoes. Daggone it. Yeah, Come so on, who man. can... I, who can blame me, right? <laughs> um, and so, but the, this picture still breaks my heart. So I get down on my knees, and I am not facing Andrew. Andrew's behind me, and I start throwing the shoes all the time saying, 
I keep telling you to follow through. You don't follow my directions. I am ranting, throwing the shoes, moving the rack, and I turn to a crushed spirit. Different tears than when I've disciplined him in spanking. I just bruised his spirit. And I had to get down on my knees and actually say to him, here's what I just did to you. Because I got scared that I just undid two years of building up with one rant and rave. And so I said from that day on, I will never discipline in anger ever again. And that's been a great, great guard against me is that when I'm angry, I take a time out and I'll walk away. I'll decide about the discipline later, but I don't control myself in anger. Mm. I go too far in anger. So I didn't want to, I don't want to wound the spirit. So I, the thing that I hold is I saw, and you know it, there's different tears. Um, again, like even as a three-year-old, you know, Smith was crying the other day about something and Rose looked at me and goes, why is he crying so hard? And I'm like, that's all about Legos. Those are fine tears. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. those are not tears you got to worry yeah. about. Yeah. So but good. the one I did to Andrew, yeah. that was significant. So good. Any parents ever needed a timeout? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah. So I think that's all so good. I love that, that language of shepherding the spirit. Yes. You're shepherding their spirit you know, like even in the midst of discipline, because when we look at the Bible overall, again, big picture, like there's so, it's so clear that the Lord disciplines his people, people individually, like the discipline of the Lord is a very real thing cover to cover. But what is the discipline of the Lord? And how can that give us vision for how we then as parents decide, how do I practically play this out for each child in each scenario? I can't tell you those practicals, but what we do see in the Bible is that Discipline is not, the discipline of the Lord is not primarily behavior correction. Right. It involves behavior correction. Very good. But it's not primarily behavior correction. It's primarily character development. What do I mean when I say primarily character development? The discipline of the Lord is always prioritizing identity. Right. Vision. Values. Creating and building up the character of a person. So as, as parents, that's what, our, that's what discipline is because sometimes I don't know about you, but sometimes not only am I asking how do I discipline or when do I discipline, but why, right. why am I doing this? Okay. So this that's... is hard and scary and all of these sort of things, but we have to be, I think it's a good lens to say, okay, my primary thing when they are at the restaurant losing their minds and all I want to do is stop right. this behavior. Right. Yes, it does need to be stopped. We like, yes. Okay. We need to correct behavior. This isn't like a one of those swings. You know what I'm saying? It's like nothing matters. It's like, no, it matters. Absolutely. But it, it, the application of is, of it is different in these different seasons. Like my, so one of the things to say something. Well, it's going to take two seconds. So one vision, I'm just going to go through this real quick. It's just one overlying vision. There's a verse in the Bible in the road to Emmaus, two disciples leaving Jerusalem, right? Because they've lost their vision of God. So they're leaving and saying, it's over. They run into Jesus. Jesus dives deep into the scriptures and it says, he walked them through the scriptures and they said, did our hearts not burn as they told them, told us about the things of God? They redirected. And it says right after that, what'd they do? Headed right back to Jerusalem. I feel like the overriding vision of our kids is to be able to say, sometimes they're heading back away from Jerusalem. The goal is, how do I just get them headed back to Jerusalem? Jerusalem meaning presence of God. Jerusalem yeah. always meant that's where God dwelt. 
And that was back to the presence of God and the things of God. So that's a, a good distinction. <laughs> so, so practically, what we learned from that story is there's these guys walking away from what they're called to. Because Jesus said, wait for me in Jerusalem. He was going to send them out from Jerusalem to preach the gospel to all the nations. You see what I'm saying? So he's saying, what you're called to is in Jerusalem, who you're called to be. And you're walking away from that because you're discouraged and all of that. Jesus shows up on the road. He doesn't just show up and say, you morons, turn around. You're doing the wrong thing. He unpacks the scriptures to remind them of who they are, of who they're going to be called to be. And that's why their hearts were burning, not just because he changed their actions. And isn't it weird how okay God is with process? Way more okay with me, you know, like, that's a whole other thing, but I would just think he would do things faster sometimes like well, with me, you know? Yeah. So, and I think, and I think the overall picture of parenting is God, he took a mess and he showed no God's in this. And a lot of the time it looks like a mess where your kids are at and your job is to say, no, God's in this turn back. Yeah. So the practical application of what does it mean to make my heart, my kids hearts burn for Jerusalem? You know, <laughs> what we're saying is discipline is about stirring up their hearts for who they're called to be for who they're, what they're called to do. Hey, you're being a huge distraction to everybody in this restaurant right now. So I'm not just gonna get angry at you for that, though I am very angry and sweating. <laughs> what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to say, you, like, you're not supposed to be that person. <laughs> you're a blessing. So we're gonna learn how to be a blessing by correcting the behavior, but I'm not just saying, oh, you're loud and annoying me, so I'm spanking. So I hope that's helpful and you can take that, but we gotta, we gotta keep going. That's right. But there was one thing about the journey that you, it's part of it. Just trust, it's part of it. It's a journey together. It's a journey together of just saying, of saying that it'll give you permission to journey together as parents that you're growing at the same time that your kids are growing. Because I think sometimes we got to feel like, well, all of a sudden we turned into a parent and we're there. We're still learning. Is that okay? We'll talk about it later. Yeah. I'm just well, kidding. Oh, I know. Okay. I don't know what you said, but I'm sure it was really good. Oh, I just said it. Mumble, 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 So we're doing this series. We're in this together. And one of the things that gets really complicated in parenting is that we're not all in our own little bubbles trying to lead our families. We have our lives involved with other families, with other parents, with other kids who have other preferences and opinions and decisions yeah. and all of those sort of things. And here we are showing up to church saying, we're in this together huh. and all of that, right? So let's talk about that for a second. How do we do this together in all of our differences? Because in this room, like for example, Halloween was whatever, three days ago. Some of you think that's like celebrating the devil's birthday. Some of you like can't wait to get your kids dressed up and go get candy. Some of you think iPads at the table are great. No big deal. Somebody thinks iPads are a terrible decision in setting your... Can we just be honest for a second? I know it just got really tense, but it's like, we're all... Like, it's hard to make parenting decisions. And then we get in environments where like those people who have those different opinions are in life group together. And so what gets weird is when all of a sudden we're like have relational rift because of an iPad. Right. Right. And so the first don't is don't try and get everybody together and agree on how you're going to parent your kids. We tried that. We actually did. Went to Heritage Christian School, thought, hey, we're all Jesus followers. We all agree. Let's get everybody around the table. We did. 16 people around the table. Lasted about seven or eight days. Because we didn't. 
have some of these core things. So it didn't work to try and gather everybody together. We're never going to course correct until, and what I want to say is, here's the first thing we have to give up. Stop looking for the right way or the only way. Preach. Yeah. Is that we in the Christian body are so wrapped up sometimes in finding the one way, the right way, the only way, and we judge others who are different differently. I got news for you. When it comes to parenting, it spans. And we better get over it as a body because granola bar? All right. So, look, most of y'all have been in my house, all right? And I watch where some kids are placed with the granola bars at the little table that we have over the hardwood floors. Other kids are given granola bars and go into the living room, go into my bed, go anywhere they want with it, and parents are letting. And, and we're watching and going, wow. Um, and so, you see, I love you all. I got a certain opinion on granola bars. And the fact that I have a Sharpie black marker on my, new, on my leather chair in the family room, I have differences. So, he, he, but can I tell you what I think is gold for us as a body? Is that I need to be able to walk up to some of you and say, hey, could I ask you to bring your kids onto the hardwood floor with a granola bar without the attitude you idiots. Yeah. Oh, without I'm sorry. The, you must be terrible without, without the, uh, Without the, we would have never done that. Yes. Without the, that is the silliest thing. I can't even believe. I got to get a, rid of that. I got to look and say, okay, your choice. I get it. And you have to receive my ask. Right. And say, okay, without feeling like I just said, you're horrible parents. So I think, yeah, so two words I think can really help us in this okay. that we can all be committed to. Yeah. Humility and encouragement. Amen. Humility and encouragement. Humility means that when, when we have to give feedback to one another, I'm not giving judgment and saying, well, you clearly don't understand the right way to do it because you don't do it the way I do it. Yeah. Or you see, come on, we're not giving, I'm not giving judgment when I say, can you just have the granola bars on the hardwood floors? That's about the hardwood floors. It's not about your parenting. Right. Right? I'm not giving judgment. Right? And it also means I'm not receiving offense. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying, oh my gosh, you must be saying I'm a terrible parent who has no control of my kids. And you probably never want us to come over again. And I'm sorry. And you probably are picturing how messy their room is right now too. I got I'm the only one? Okay. So and, we know we got we to yeah. have humility. I'm listening. I was agreeing. I didn't even say anything. I just guessed. We got to have humility and we got to give encouragement. We got to give encouragement. First Thessalonians 5 says, build one another up. It will go a long way when we realize we all feel like we're drowning a little bit. So let's not push each other's heads under the water. Amen. Right? Yeah. Like, man, let's just help and and say, you're doing great. Now can I go? Okay. In 1 Corinthians, it also tells, I want to encourage, we have to be free to say things to one another. Because if seven kids come over to my house and carry group grape Kool-Aid into my carpet and spill it, I'm going to shut down my house. There is an honesty part that we need Don't to be able to carry Steve's with house. one another. No, I'm saying we need to carry one another and be able to do it without judgment and with humility. Encouragement. Yeah. Humility and encouragement. That's what I said. 
We're going to run the I tape I think we again. can do those two things, don't you? Yeah. Like when somebody else is, somebody else is okay with their kids watching a movie that you wouldn't choose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when somebody else doesn't consider the dietary implications of Cheerios versus goldfish. And it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you feed your kids those things. Yeah. A, let's not say it, and let's not assume that's what's being said. And I know this sounds so simple and trivial, but we're all agreeing because we know the power of it. That like, that, like we talked about last week, those little rocks of offense turn into broken relationships down the road. And it's like, I got judged for my parenting because of goldfish. Like, how can you trust people? It, it, it snowballs fast, is my point, because we're all sensitive to this. Like, we're all scared that we're just screwing this whole thing up, right? right. It's like, especially, at least I feel with the three and five-year-old, I'm just like, that's my hope, is don't screw this up too bad. <laughs> and then we'll deal with the teenagers when we get there, you know? <laughs> like, that's where we're all at. Let's just build each other up yeah. and keep the main things the main things. Yeah. So, last thing. Let's wrap it up. Okay. What do you think about that? So we've been talking a lot over the last two weeks. Clearly, we've been talking about a lot of things. <laughs> and it's been interesting for me to watch you as we've been having these conversations because I feel like I've been watching you start to get language for things sure. for the first time, Absolutely. which has been really cool yeah. and led to some of this stuff, especially yeah. this amazing picture that we drew. Yeah. That was new. Yeah. That's if you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of There's a book in that. There's a book in that. Great. So I think it would be awesome to hear from you just like... Final thought on like, as you look back now, having all of your kids in this stage and having been through a lot, having a lot of things not go the way you thought they were going to go, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What is something you wish somebody would have told you that you uh, can tell us? Yeah. So I, I will say that. I'll say that one of the things that I want to assure you of is that this journey was not smooth for us. I want to be honest and tell you that in this area, we look like rock stars. The Christian community would have looked at us and said, man, model after the Zanakos. In fact, some did. And then somewhere around here, things started to change. Illness came into our family. That changed a lot of things. We had one child who actually just turned on about everything we stood for for a period of our time. And so I just want to tell you that this beautiful picture of just this smooth wheel, it didn't exist for us. And I know from talking to many of you, it hasn't existed for you too. So one, I wanna give you permission to be able to say, have confidence. One of the things that we know is it's not God's, God's ways are different than our ways. Most of us enter in our families and I knew what Andrew should do, I knew what Lauren should do, I knew what this should look like, I knew this, and I was wrong. God's ways were very different for our family than our ways. Instead, I wanna encourage you to say, there's a song. And this is a great picture. And the Psalm says that there is a river and God dwells in that river. And he is mighty and he is unchangeable and you can't stop the flow. And so if I could capture one thing is to say, all we're about is getting in the river together. I gotta be in the river if I'm gonna parent. I gotta be in the flow with God. I've gotta be in the presence of God. I can't pass on what I don't carry myself. And then my goal is to get them into the river and let the momentum of God carry them. 
And I say to you that I've watched you. I've had many of you in my home. I wanna say to you, you know how I feel about you. You're doing amazing. I'm not kidding you. I watch you. I've had one of your kids while I was driving with them ask me what was going on. I told them about something that was going on in business, reach over and grab my shoulder and say, let's pray about that right now. I've had another child knew that I was going through a rough time and I've got her card in my little treasury chest drawer because of her saying, I'm praying for you during this time of struggle. You guys, you're doing it. You're pushing them into the flow and the moment and the movement of God. And the one thing I leave you with is this promise, and I've got to, I'm gonna do this right on time, is this. The best thing that ever happened to me was the day, and I told you we had an illness in my child, and, and one of my children came to the morning where we actually, I actually thought she was gonna die. And I didn't know what to do with it because all of a sudden it ran into all my fears. God, will you be enough even if I lose a child? And I realized how much of that fear dictated my parenting. And I got down on my hardwood floor, uh, my tile floor, and he got down with me. And I heard these words, I will be enough for her and I will be enough for you no matter what. That's the story of the scriptures. That's the picture of parenting. Believing God will be enough for them and for you. Just make sure you're in the river. Amen. So let's all stand up together as we close our time. We're gonna close our time together like we always do, making some time to respond. Uh, as we talk about the word of God and open the word of God, there's always something for us to respond to. And we're gonna have our prayer team come on up to the front like we always do again, because we believe that if you need prayer, you should be able to get it at church. And obviously this morning we talked so much about parenting and that can bring up so many different thoughts and emotions and experiences and memories and fears and insecurities and all of these things. But the common response to all of them is to come to Jesus and say, God, I need your help. You might be here this morning and stuff's being brought up from your parents, what went good or bad. In your own parenting, you're remembering some things maybe you've already done right or wrong or good or bad or all of those things. Maybe you're just here this morning and you are not resonating with that truth that we all personally, parents or not, we've got to be connected to God. And we just wanna make space to move forward. We always say around here, when we wrap up, we all have common ground in the sense that we all have a step forward to take today. Every single one of us, nobody has arrived at the end of all of this. Uh, we are all still just moving to take a step forward. So we're gonna worship one more song and we're gonna invite God to come and speak to us and move us forward. So if you need prayer for anything at all in your life, if you need a miracle in your life, it may have nothing to do with today, but come forward and get prayer. If you're here this morning and you know that you don't have relationship with God like you were made to, I want you to know that today, right now, Jesus has made a way for you to be connected with God like you were made for. You don't have to understand that completely, but if you're here and you say, I don't have that, but I wanna know more, I wanna make that decision, talk with the person who came with you, come up here and talk with somebody. We'd love to help you take your next steps towards Jesus so you can start and be, what the Bible says, born again, a new life, a child of God, that he could be your father and walk you through this journey that we're all on. Jesus, we love you so much and we welcome you in these final moments to come and move us forward. We thank you that when you speak, you are moving us into something. You're moving us into life. So we declare that you are good and that we can trust you. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would just 
pressed pressed on us enough to make us move. Let us not get away this morning with holding on to anything that we can really let go of and experience some freedom or healing in Jesus' name. Let's worship together.